Hello, everyone. This is Gerald Salenti, and it's Wednesday, June 1st, 2022. And how lucky we are, how blessed we are to have with us again today Judge Andrew Napolitano. And nobody says what the, uh, the judge says with the authority and the judicial background that he has. And what he's talking about in his latest article that's coming out tomorrow, it's about really what our government is, who they are, and what they do. And it is the government culture of death. And you know, all you have to do is turn on the stupid news and listen to all the politicians brag. Every one of those Democrats, all the ones that call themselves socialists and peace activists, voted to send over $40 billion worth of lethal weapons and aids to keep the blood, uh, the blood flowing in the killing fields of Ukraine. And, and Judge, you begin by saying, this is a great opening. When the German philosopher Friedrich Nietzsche, Nietzsche is it? Nietzsche. Nietzsche proclaimed that God was dead he didn't mean it literally. He meant that God's creatures have so failed to acknowledge him and relate to him. It is as if he, God, decided to end his own existence. Stated differently, Nietzsche recognized that Christianity had ceased to be influential in contemporary life. He reminded the world that the loss of virtue Virtue can only be sustained from the bottom up and not the top down. And, and, I, and I, before you go on, and the reason is to me not the top down is because as we see what's going on in the world with the government culture of death, the fish rots from the head down. The fish rots from the head down but the uh, elites that have crafted a government that uh, exists to kill people, the militarization uh, of American society, uh, the 56 billion that we just sent to Ukraine is more money than Russia spends on its entire military in a year, more money than Ukraine spends on all of its government, all <laughs> levels of government in a year. I mean, the numbers are simply, uh, are simply staggering. Uh, the country has no hesitation in, in glorifying killing. And these Nietzsche comments were made in 1886. They're just as, uh, as valid today. And he was talking about Europe. He wasn't talking about uh, the U.S. He was talking about a Europe that was relatively peaceful in 1886, but not relatively free. Today in America, we are neither peaceful nor free. The killings uh, of people in a supermarket in Buffalo occurred because nobody in that supermarket was allowed to be armed. The killings of children in a school uh, in Texas were as bad as they were because nobody in that school was allowed to be armed. The school had a sign out in front of it that said gun-free school zone. That's like inviting a crazy person to come and shoot as if they were fish in a barrel. How stupid. Uh, Judging Freedom, uh, my uh, producer, Gary Villapiano, whom you know, found a sign in front of another Texas school, 
nowhere near Uvalde, uh, which said the children in this school are protected by armed guards who will not hesitate to use superior firepower if necessary. That clip had 665,000 hits. So one third of the school districts in Texas have applied for and received exemption from the gun-free school zone. Guess how many shootings they've had. It's an easy number to remember, zero. Think about what we're just talking about. When we were kids, this just never existed. I mean, I, you know, I, went, I went to public you know, uh, uh, high school and we go in and out, do what you wanted, nobody, there was never any, you know, it, 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 there was no guards. There was no fear of getting shot. And this is a time, you know, then you even go into the 70s. I mean, New York City in the 70s, you know, it was going down pretty hard by the mid-70s when yes. they had a, And you never wor worried about getting shot in school. You knew the bad neighborhoods to stay out of. But th that we're even talking about this shows you how much society has declined. And one thing they don't talk about, what kind of drugs are these kids on? What kind of, what kind of prescription drugs may they be on? What, they never talk about that. When you, know, you and I were young kids, and again, they say, oh, people had it, but you didn't know it. Did you know anybody that had autism? No, no, and I didn't take any medications when I was a kid. I still don't, but I didn't take any medications no. when I was a kid. I begged my parents to get a polio shot. I drove them crazy until they, I got it. I was the youngest of five kids. None of my brothers and sisters got them. There was nobody, and, and I'm, again, I'm born in 46. I'm at the boom, the height, both of us, the baby boom. Were there 40 kids in our class? It wasn't like we didn't have a lot, know a lot of people. Yeah, there were a couple of kids that weren't the sharpest cats, but there wasn't autism. It didn't exist like this. So what kind of mental disorders do these kids have? And then what nobody else is talking about, how about all the violent video games? How about all the violent, the violent Hollywood action films? Well, this uh, kid that slaughtered these uh, children uh, in Texas, was raised without a father, with an absentee mother, essentially by his grandmother. Uh, and there obviously was, were no controls on him whatsoever. He uh, spent a lot of his time with these violent games. It'd be interesting to see what the autopsy shows, if there were any prescription drugs uh, in his veins. But my point is, if the police are not required to risk their lives to protect you, well, then what the hell are we giving them guns and badges for? And if the right to keep and bear arms is a natural, personal, fundamental right that comes from our humanity, what right does the government have to interfere with it and make these kids like fish in a barrel? Now you say, all right, Judge, you want some 72-year-old uh, female librarian to carry a gun? No. Yeah. But I do want somebody in there, maybe a gym teacher who's ex-military, somebody. Yeah. Uh, to, to provide a level of protection for him or herself and for the students. And as I said, in those schools where there are armed personnel, staff, administrators, and teachers, these things don't happen.
Yeah, but again, he think, even thinking about it, how low this country's gone, that you have armed personnel in schools, that's I, I become agree. the new abnormal. Correct. I agree with you. It is terrible. It's better than slaughter. I know. But it, is ter- but it is terrible that kids have to be raised with that. And as you're talking about 40 people in your class, I'm thinking about my classes in high school. We went to school at about uh, the same era. We had no fear. No. There were no metal detectors. No. You came and went uh, as you uh, saw fit. The yeah. Closest, the closest cop was a crossing guard across the street. It was a retired cop. I don't even know if they let him carry a gun because he was, he was so old. Uh, everybody knew him and, uh, and liked him, but just didn't have the fear that you do today. Yeah. You know, and, and, and again, you're talking about crossing guards. I remember... I remember we, they, they were, there weren't crossing guards. They didn't even exist. They didn't exist when I was a kid in the Bronx. Well, Gerald, when you were a kid, they didn't even have stoplights, did they? I'm only <laughs> <laughs> Well, the horses are buggies. They didn't need them, you know? You but, go on over here to say Thomas Jefferson argued that the only moral purpose of government is to protect individual rights. And you go on to say, what is a right? A right is an indispensable claim against the whole world that originates in our humanity. Thus, the right to live, to worship, or not to worship, to think as you wish, to say what you think, to publish what you say, to associate or not associate, to acquire property voluntarily, to defend your life and property, to travel and to be left alone are rights that are inherent in our nature. Rights are above the law, like the color of our eyes. They are immune from the law-making power. Well, you wouldn't know that if you listen to Republicans and Democrats in the Congress. Let me tell you what they're coalescing around now. And the lead Republican on this is uh, South Carolina Senator Lindsey Graham, who should be ashamed of himself, but isn't. The lead Democrat is Connecticut Senator Chris Murphy, who is the Democrat uh, Democratic Party's point person in the Senate on guns. So they are um, the federal government cannot establish red flag laws. They, they, they can't give federal judges the power to take away guns because the Constitution doesn't authorize it. So what they're going to do is to give the states cash. Federal government's bankrupt. It's going to borrow the money give the states cash to establish aggressive red flag laws. What does that mean? That means if your neighbor hates you and, and, and calls the police and says, uh, I heard Judge Napolitano lose his temper the other night. You better go seize his guns. They can come in here and seize the guns wow. Wow. without a trial. That is wow. absolutely and profoundly and utterly unconstitutional. And this is what the Republicans and the Democrats are thinking of doing allowing a judge to seize your gun without a trial without a charge without a crime this is punishment before crime absolutely prohibited by the constitution so basically the headline is republicans and democrats colon kill the constitution and nicely put that's my column for next week <laughs> nicely put gerald kill the kill the yeah you know, these, again, you mentioned at this, this little Lindsey Graham, 
has to be one of the most arrogant little boys with a big fat mouth that has never, never put anything out there that's for the public good. He's a little warmongering freak. I can't stand him. And he's so damn arrogant. Again, how many years are these people sucking off the public tit? Whatever happened to Mr. Smith goes to Washington and then goes back to where he used to live? Right. No. These are mad men and women. They are power-hungry, authoritarian freaks, as I see it. Their goal is, uh, is to stay in power, Gerald. They, they love the life that you have just char characterized. They love getting paid to tell other people how to live. I mean, with the exception of, of Rand Paul and Thomas Massey and maybe a handful of others, they couldn't care less uh, about the Constitution. They couldn't care less about saddling the country with debt. They couldn't care less about the bloodshed that they caused. The, the 56 billion that the government just sent to Ukraine was passed overwhelmingly. Only yep. 11 Republicans I know. in the Senate and only 50 Republicans in the House opposed yep. it. So yep. all Democrats and three quarters of, uh, of Republicans supported extending the bloodshed in our vassal state called Ukraine. Yep. And this is from the Daily Star. Russian propaganda declares World War III has started. Propaganda? 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 That's propaganda. Right? That's not journalism. And again, look at this cover of our Trends Journal. Judge, this went out two days before, before Russia invaded Ukraine. From COVID war to Ukraine war to world war. Talk of peace is forbidden. Gerald, uh, we've said this before, and, and this is below the radar, and the American public needs to know this. The American embassy in Kyiv is guarded not only by Marines in uniform, it's guarded by special forces out of uniform. Gerald, special forces don't guard buildings. They are the front line of offensive military. We are so close. We, we actually have troops on the ground. They're on American territory, the American embassy but they are offensive troops. They don't wear uniforms, they don't shave, they don't look like soldiers, but they're there. Joe, so Biden, sent has, Joe okay. Biden sent them there and the American people should know that they're there. So America has troops on the ground? Yes. Again, I say this is, well, again, this is not a proxy war. Again, if, if I wanted to blow the brains out of somebody, and I, need, I said, Judge, give me a gun. I want to go kill this guy, and you gave me the gun. You'd be an accessory to the crime. Right. You don't have to be there to be the accessory. That's, that's Putin's argument, and it's perfectly rational. It is perfectly. America is at war with Russia. America is at war with Russia. NATO is at war with Russia. And I don't... It's not my business what goes on between Ukraine and Russia's been going on for a thousand years, Correct. back and forth, back and forth. Oh, and we're going to fix it. Did a great job fixing Iraq. Love what you did to Afghanistan. Why, I like Libya much better. 
I think he did a great job in Syria. What's your favorite war? Vietnam. Oh, we just had Memorial Day, huh? Memorial Day. All our, you know, the people have fought World War II. Most of them are dead. There aren't many left. So who's Memorial Day for? The Vietnam guys, our age, that went and died for, on a war based on lies, the Gulf of Tonkin incident, Robert McNamara lying us into war, may he rot in hell? Oh, that Vietnam War that killed 58,000 Americans, uh, injured over f almost 350,000, mentally disturbed probably everybody that was there, and killed over 3 million people? No, I know. I, I forgot the Korean War. Oh, the Korean War was lovely. No, 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 Salenti. That guy Gaddafi has to go. Assad has to go. Hussein has to go. We got to get Osama bin Laden and destroy Afghanistan. Memorial Day for what? It's for a what? Culture, it's a culture of death, Gerald, promoted by the government, instilled in youth in government schools, and it results in endless heartbreak. I mean, the last just war that we, in which we fought was World War II. Maybe the last just war was the American Revolution. But none of those wars no. that you just talked about was just in any respect. No. They were just presidents of the United States wanting to uh, become the commander in chief. Yeah, it's not well, even a question. By, of by the way, according to Harry Truman, who's the greatest mass murderer in history with the dropping of the atomic bombs, according to Harry Truman, it wasn't a Korean War, it was a police action. Yeah, I forgot. Tell that, to, tell that to the moms and wives of the soldiers who died. Yeah. I went to an Italian-American event, and this guy, you know, coming, he could hardly walk, his way, and he, he got wounded in the Korean War. He could hardly walk. His whole life. Yeah, and a good, handsome guy, nice guy. You know, they believe the little lies, just like the people believe it now. Again, you know, here's the Trends Journal from, from spring of 2014, when the United States overthrew the democratically elected government of Viktor Yanukovych in Ukraine. People don't know anything about that. They don't know what a Victoria Newland is. They don't know what a, a, a Jeffrey Pyatt is, the ambassador, caught on the phone saying, you know, F you, the EU, we're going to put in yats and we're getting rid of this guy. They don't know anything about that. They don't know about Victoria Newland and John McCain passing out candy and, and, and cookies in Maiden Square in Ukraine and pushing the... They don't know about Victoria Newland bragging on uh, uh, that the United States spent $5 billion to bring democracy to Ukraine in 2013, months before the war. The people don't have a clue. So all the things that you're saying, they, the average person doesn't know this. They believe the lies and they march off to war. One of the reasons the average person doesn't know it is contrary to the Constitution, which requires a public journal of all money the government spends. There is no public journal of what the Department of Defense spends or the CIA. So Victoria Newland was right. If she, as, as evil as she had, it was, if she hadn't said five billion, we would never have known because it all came from the CIA's budget. Yeah. Public journal of, what do you call that? A public journal of what, information? Constitution requires that all money coming out of the federal treasury be recorded in a public journal so that the public can see. But I mean, that hasn't been honored since World War II, since the, FD, it's the FDR years. Prior to that, it was. 
even even uh, Lincoln's shenanigans were reduced to writing, and you can go back and look at what the federal government spent. But from FDR on, you can't. Even even Reagan uh, and all the Republicans it doesn't matter who they were; they all had uh, the CIA starting in 1947, and that stuff has all been secret. You know, it is what I'm saying. When everybody listening, what we are hearing now, nobody says what you say with the authority and the judicial background. Nobody says what you are saying. One fact after another that, you know, I'm, I'm, I had no idea about this. I'm sorry and, that I seem to be motivated by angry, but by anger. Yeah. It is, it is aggravating what is happening. It's aggravating that the American public is ignorant of what is happening. It's aggravating, just like it was two years ago when the American public became as slaves, accepting all the all the lockdowns. It's infuriating that this happens. Even in a state like Texas, the government has emasculated portions, portions of the population from defending themselves. This is what gets me angry. Thomas Aquinas, St. Thomas Aquinas, emphasizes that anger is fundamentally one of the passions of the soul. And like other passions, it is part of human nature and has an appropriate role to play in the human pursuit of good when directed by reason. He who is not angry when there is just cause for anger is immoral. Why? Because anger looks to the good of justice. And if you can live amid injustice without anger, you are immoral as well as unjust. Wow, that is magnificent. Now I've seen everything. Salenti quoting a Catholic saint. God bless you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, look, I'm a believer in the higher spirit. Uh, and and um, but Aquinas was magnificent. Aquinas uh, is the is the codifier of the concept of human reason and of the concept of our rights coming from our humanity. Yep. Every American president claims he believes that, but none of them have acted that way. I guess he was kind of like a Thomas Jefferson of the Catholic Church. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yep. All these Thomases: Thomas More, Thomas Beckett, Thomas Aquinas, Thomas Jefferson. <laughs> the Apostle Thomas, who was the doubter. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, that's it's very true. You know, people say, oh, you get angry. You bet I'm angry. Let me tell you quick what happened this past weekend. I, you have no idea how sad I am. Oh. You know, I, I, you see the magazine that comes out each week, 158 pages this week. All the facts, all the facts. And i got to write about this, read about it. Uh, write, 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 write. And I see where the world is going. Again, I forecast World War III, and now it's becoming the news. And World War II, you know, it was not ancient history. Beautiful Europe was destroyed. The people didn't stop it, and they're not stopping it now. Anyway, next door to me, you know, I have that, that beautiful restaurant over there in Hotel the Kinsley. And waitress comes over about 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock at night, and they knock on the door. You know, I have this beautiful building right next to it. And it was, she's with three other women, and they're all from Italy. And they were looking at the place, and they asked her, Who, what's that place? It's so beautiful. So she brought him over here and asked him if they could come in. I said, sure. And we start talking. You know, I tell my real last name, Salentano, blah, 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 blah. Where you're from, Puglia, this one, that one. And I'm showing them all around the gardens. And then I say goodbye to him, and I tell him how sad I was, what's going on. 
And all of a sudden it dawned on me the next day. I didn't ask them, you know the beautiful place I have with the bars here and oh, everything. Yeah. I didn't even ask him to stay for a drink or listen to music that I love. I was so depressed. I'm so depressed about what's going on. The things that I love to do the most, I didn't do. You probably brought them more joy than you realized, Jerry. But I'm, your, I'm telling you your, how your home and your Your home and your business are magnificent. I'm not saying that because I'm your friend. I'm saying it because I have an eye for aesthetics and you've achieved magnificent aesthetics there and they probably never saw anything like yeah, that. Oh, they loved it. But I'm saying, you know, we, I, you know how I love the old jazz and all that. And I would have poured some, you know, uh, some cognac and from, you know, we had, we had a drink, you know, and put on great music and laughed and talked more. I didn't do any of that because my heart is so sad to see what's going on. So you're talking about anger. I'm angry and I'm so sad. Well, we have to keep fighting, Gerald. You know, what you and I do on Wednesdays and you do during the week on your podcast and I do on mine. And we have other colleagues, the great Phil Giraldi, uh, who told George Bush there were no weapons of mass destruction in, uh, in Iraq, told him that in the Oval Office. Wish had him removed from the overloads. Phil will be on with me uh, this afternoon on Judging Freedom at 2 o'clock. That's great. There are a lot of great people uh, fighting for uh, personal freedom, but it's it's an uphill battle. Sometimes I feel like you do, like we're shoveling against the tide. Well, we're just getting nowhere. Well, again, we had a revolution in this country. It was brave men that stood up and fought, and women. It and was a determined, we... as you like to say, it was a determined minority. They brought freedom to everybody else, even, even the Tories that wanted to stay united to the king. Even they enjoyed the freedom that Sam Adams and Thomas Jefferson and company brought them. It does not take a majority, but an irate, tireless minority, keen on setting brush fires of freedom in the minds of men, said Samuel Adams. And we have to unite for peace because yes. united we stand, divided we're going to die. Yes. Thank you so much, Judge. Sorry to end on a down note. Quite all right. But, we, uh, have, we have anger and we have sadness, but yeah. we, also, we also have hope. Yeah. Well, we've got to make something happen. Thanks so much, Judge, and we'll see you next week. And thanks for all you're doing, and please give Phil Giraldi my best. I shall. All the best. Ciao, ciao.